All right, good morning. Welcome. It is so good to see all of you here today. Um, as we were going through our time of worship, I had to, I was reminded, um, it looks really nice up here. So Tim and Diane, thank you for setting up the Christmas decorations and stuff up here. If you appreciate it, let them know. Um, so yeah, big thank you. But it is good to be here today. I'm excited. It's an exciting day. I'm excited for the new, new members who are becoming a part of our church family. That's always exciting, so we're grateful for that. If you want to follow along, um, we're going to start, there's, I'm going to look at like three different passages today. If you want to follow along, we're going to start in Isaiah chapter 9. So last week, Tim introduced us to the whole idea of Advent, and he, he told us that Advent carries with it this idea of looking back, of reflecting, but it also carries with it this idea of anticipation, of looking forward to something. And I think it's so important for us to remember that looking forward, because when we celebrate Christmas, um, for sure Christmas season, because that's the season we're in, it's easy for us to reflect and to remember, but it's also important for us to look forward to. Because we go through the Old Testament, and you see, we have, I have two scriptures from the Old Testament and the anticipation and the eagerness that the people were looking forward to for the coming of the Messiah, that's the kind of anticipation that we should be living in today. So last week, as was mentioned already, we looked at hope. Today, we're going to talk about peace. <clears throat> Just the word peace, hearing the word, what does that strike in you? Have you ever heard someone who is trying to promote peace do it with a harsh, loud, angry kind of voice. It doesn't work, because that's the complete opposite of what peace is, right? But just hearing the word peace kind of brings about a quietness, maybe a, a quietness or a rest. And as I studied, that's actually part of the definition of what peace actually means. It's a quietness, it's a rest. But we read about peace, we talk about peace, we sing about peace, we already did today. But what is it really? Is it just something that we feel when there's no conflict in our lives? Do we feel peace? It's part of it. But is there something more? I found it interesting. Peace is often used in the prophetic scriptures that point forward to the coming of Jesus. Um, Isaiah is one of them. We're going to look at Micah. And there's often when the prophets are prophesying about the coming Messiah, somewhere along the line, they come and they talk about peace. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But peace carries with it. It is the absence of conflict. When there's no conflict, when there's no war going on, that means there's a time of peace. Um, it's an emotion that we feel. When, when we're at peace in relationships, it, it, it makes us feel good. So those are all pieces of what peace is, but there's a whole lot more to it. It's much deeper than that. And the word that Scripture uses, it's probably the only Hebrew word I know, and you might know it too, shalom. You probably heard that, right? Shalom. The, the easiest way to describe what Shalom is, is wholeness. 
So think about that as we talk about peace. Think about the word wholeness and what that represents. It means it takes something that's been broken, that's been severed, something that's been splintered and torn apart, and it brings it back together. It makes it whole. So Jesus comes, as we're going to see, as the Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So the question that I want to entertain today is, how is Jesus today your Prince of Peace? Is he the Prince of Peace in your life? And if so, what does that look like? And I just want to look at three, three primary ways, and you could obviously add more. But the first thing, the first way that Jesus, I see Jesus as our Prince of Peace is he brings us peace with God. And there was a piece of me or a part of me that kind of want to just skim over this because we know that, right? Jesus came so that we can be in relationship with God. But man, oh man, do we need to be reminded of that? I need to be reminded of that. Why Jesus came and why he was the Prince of Peace was not simply so that I can live with security in my life, but so that I can walk and be in relationship with God. You see, ever since the time of Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it severed, it brought brokenness to that relationship with God. And there's nothing that you and I can do, nothing, to restore that. And there is where Jesus comes in, the Prince of Peace, that idea of wholeness. Do you see what Jesus does when he brings peace in our relationship with God, it brings wholeness back to what has been broken, something that you and I can never, ever fix or change on our own. This has been recognized throughout history. Excuse me. I came across a quote, and I just want to end that part with this quote. This is from, I don't know the guy's name, I couldn't find his name, um, But someone in the Canadian Parliament, I believe, during, I think it was during World War II, he made this statement. He said, There will never be agreement at the peace tables of the world or rest in the individual heart until the Prince of Peace reigns supreme in the hearts of man. How true is that? Let me read that again. There there will never be agreement at the peace tables of the world or rest in the individual heart until the Prince of Peace reigns supreme in the hearts of men. And so I start with peace with God because out of that flows all the uh, the peace that we experience in our lives, in our relationships, in our world, if it's chaotic or not. It all starts with peace with God. You see, we can experience peace temporary peace, but lasting peace only begins when we find ourselves reconciled with God. Secondly, the Prince of Peace brings us peace in chaos. How many of you feel like your world's in chaos, right? 
Often we feel like our whole world is in chaos, but often we feel that in our personal lives too, our world within. Sometimes it feels like it's just in utter chaos. So how does Jesus bring peace? Turn in your Bibles, if you want to, uh, to Luke chapter 2. So we're going from the Old Testament of prophecy about the coming of Messiah right into the Christmas story. And there's one verse I want to focus on, but Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 14. It said, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, And here's what I want to key in on. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. This scene, I love the scene of the shepherds. If I could probably pick anyone to be in the story, the Christmas story, I'd probably want to be a shepherd, I think. Um, That's just me. I think think it's really neat. But when when we look at nativities, this is always this serene, peaceful setting, right? I wonder, it probably was that until the angels came and scared the wits out of the shepherds. Did you ever stop and think, I was, when I was go, thinking about this, what in the world would you do if that would happen to you? I, I, I'd, I'd lose it. I, I don't know, I'd probably just go bonkers. I mean, the, the, the thing that happens here is so, so dramatic. So the shepherd, but he... The angels appear to the shepherds, and when the host of angels appear, the message that they send is, on earth, peace. That's the first message from the host of angels to the world, is one of peace. But when I look at the world into which Jesus was born, I certainly don't see a world that was at peace, nothing that was serene let alone the birth of Jesus itself, the whole Christmas story. There seems like very little that is peaceful about it. Think about the world into which Jesus finds himself being born. The Jews are basically exiles in their own country. The streets are patrolled by Romans. They have freedom, but just kind of. It's like they have freedom as long as they are abiding by the Roman, Roman rule. So their freedom is really, really fickle, and they're taxed into oppression, or taxed into poverty in many cases. So that's just a part of it, and I want to come back to more of the world, that world. But I, I, if I remember last, last year when we went through Advent, someone was talking about Someone who was going through this was talking about the birth of Jesus. And when you think about peace and you look at the story of Mary, you've got a young Jewish girl who's not married who finds herself pregnant. That's scandalous. 
right? Not only that, she says she's conceived by the Holy Spirit. Whoa. I mean, talk about scandalous. The law says she should be stoned. We know Joseph's response to Mary. But Joseph puts himself and his career, his livelihood, his, his family, he puts everything on the line. So if for Joseph and Mary, where's the peace in the coming of the Messiah? How about traveling 80, or 90, 80 to 100 miles on a donkey when you're nine months pregnant? Not much peace there, I can guarantee you that. For Mary or for Joseph, I suppose. But think about the birthplace of Jesus. We often talk about um, the stable that he was born in, likely a cave somewhere on a hillside. I think it's Ray Vanderlyn talks about it. Um, there's, there is a cave on a hillside somewhere outside of the city of Bethlehem where they think it's possible where Jesus was born. I don't know. But it's quite possible that from the birthplace the place where Jesus was born, the physical place, they could see the palace of the king of Judea, King Herod, a guy who did anything but bring peace. He was a paranoid, he was like a loose cannon. He, I mean, you never knew when he was going to blow up. By the time Jesus was born, he'd already killed his wife and at least two of his sons because he felt like they were a threat to his throne. So totally paranoid. Well, what did he do when he found out Jesus was born in Bethlehem? All the babies, boys, two and under, were killed in his efforts to get rid of Jesus because anything and anyone who threatened his throne was killed. So how in the world does all of that usher in the Prince of Peace? And we could talk about how Jesus talked about the what his disciples are going to face, the death, the persecution, and in the midst of that, how he told them that they're going to experience peace. So their world was in chaos, the world of Jesus' time. Our world is in chaos. It is. Their world, not unlike ours, is filled with sickness, with disease, with addictions, with betrayals, with sadness, and even death. And so how does Jesus bring peace? Does he bring it through force? Does he bring it through violence, forcing his way? You will have peace whether you like it or not. Um, because the coming of Jesus, I think it's in Galatians that talks about it, as the fullness of time is when Jesus came. Nothing about the birth of Jesus, nothing about the timing of his arrival was coincidence. Nothing about your birth, nothing about your world, where you live, is coincidence. Your life is in the plan of Almighty God. But in the fullness of time, in the midst of all that, the Prince of Peace is born, and His peace is not spread through force or through violence, and it's the reason so many people missed Jesus when He came, right? Right? They were looking for someone who would free them from this oppression of the Romans. Get rid of people like Herod. These guys were nasty. They were cruel. 
And yet, that wasn't the way that Jesus came to bring peace. His peace is something that penetrates through all of that, in spite all of that, in spite all of that chaos. The way of Jesus is not through violence or force, but through hope, peace, love, and joy. The things, the very things that we celebrate at the Advent. <clears throat> the peace of Jesus is not found in the removal of the chaos, but in the person of Jesus. I came across this quote, and again, I mean, I've, I've seen it in different places. So I don't know where it originated from, but something along the lines of peace is not the absence of something, but it's the presence of someone. Think about that difference. So I remember last week, Tim talked about hope and the things that we tend to place our hope in, the things that make us feel safe and secure. Those things all change and disappear. But the one thing that we can't see, God, we place our hope in Him. That's the one thing that never changes. You see, we can experience, circumstances can bring us an element of peace, but it's fleeting and then it's gone. But Jesus can bring us peace in the midst of circumstances that will never, ever, can never be taken away. Micah 5 says it this way. Micah 5, verses 4 and 5, this is another prophecy about the coming of Jesus. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Peace is found in a person, not in our circumstances. So we can have peace in the midst of our chaos. And lastly, the Prince of Peace gives us peace for all time. Not just for when Jesus was born, not just for right now, but for all time. And I take us back again, we're right where we started in Isaiah Chapter 9, verse 6, in the first part of verse 7. I don't think I'd ever really noticed verse 7 um, the way I did when I looked at this. So verse 6, we, it talks about the names of Jesus. And then the first part of verse 7 says, Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. So his government, his kingdom, his rule, there will never be an end to it. And it will increase for all time. The reign of Jesus and his kingdom and his peace will never end. It will go on throughout our lifetimes and into all of eternity. And in conclusion, now you hear all this, this talk about peace. And sometimes it feels like just a fuzzy, a fuzzy feeling. Where is it? What's it like? How does it actually affect my life. Because when we're doing life and we get hit with all kinds of chaos, our peace, that peace that we feel from God can, can be robbed. We can, that can be taken from us in, in a sense, or it feels we lose sight of peace. So let me simply encourage you with one closing verse from Isaiah 23. I'm sorry, verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah says this, You will keep him in perfect peace 
whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That idea of stayed has, carries it, this idea of rest and leaning. There is where we find peace that will never leave us or forsake us, is when we lean, not on ourselves, but we lean on Jesus. And we can experience His peace in the chaos and in all for all of eternity. And I trust and I pray that as we go through this season, this Christmas season, that you and I can experience and remember and reflect on what the Prince of Peace has come to bring us. Let's pray. Worship team, I'll invite you to come up as we pray. God, thank you that you made your entrance into this world as the Prince of Peace. Not only did you make your entrance into the world as the Prince of Peace, you reign now as the Prince of Peace, and your peace will continue to grow throughout all of time, throughout all of eternity. And I pray that your peace would rule in each one of our hearts during this Christmas season for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.